Howdy, Yokes. Before we get started today, we just want to let you know that this episode of Bacon and Eggs is brought to you by you. We want to build this thing to be as big as it can be. More episodes, merchandise, events, giveaways, you name it. But we can't do it alone. If you enjoy this episode or any of our episodes, head on over to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash bacon and eggs and consider checking out some of our great reward tiers we've got set up over there or making a donation of any kind. We want to keep this podcast free and available for everyone. So if you have a couple bucks to spare, anything goes a long way. And we could really use your help to make this podcast the best it can possibly be. So, thank you for donating, and thank you even more for listening. Howdy, Yokes, and welcome back to Bacon and Eggs. I'm still Tyler Carlin. And I'm still Ethan Edgehill. And we're coming to you live from a long, long time ago. In a galaxy far, far away. To bring you our take on some of everyone's favorite movies. That's right, we're talking about Star Wars. So get your blaster pistols ready. And count your kyber crystals, because Cassian told me I had to. And because we've got a very <laughs> special guest for today's episode on Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Now our guest today comes to us from the grand world of the Super Carlin Brothers, but he's not, not in my family. <laughs> he's, uh, he's, uh, he's the door Derek Knabenbauer. Derek, who? Who are you? Uh, well, I'm Derek, I think you just said. Uh, no, I am the, uh, my official title is the Chief Dragon Slayer for the Super Carlin Brothers, uh, which all that means is that I am mostly the editor, but I also do all sorts of other things, too. Yeah, you're like a third set of hands. Uh, pretty much, yeah. Awesome. awesome How many awesome, dragons awesome. have you slayed in your time? Uh, so many, in your so time? many dragons. There's it's at least a dozen a week. You know, they say this is the kind of disaster relief people really need to buy insurance for, because, you know, if it's a one in a million kind of thing, we're approaching that million since the last dragon attack it's true you know? at, at so, so we're kind of overdue for a few dragon attacks uh but anyway this movie was well, i wasn't released... i wasn't worried about that until you just said that <laughs> <laughs> now i'm terrified it's a matter of statistics ethan uh, but this movie was released december 16th 2016 which is only 451 days ago uh which is a cool number it's the number on the end of my favorite book which is becoming an hbo series but anyway it had a 200 million dollar budget budget and it made 1.056 billion dollars at the box office which is a lot of dollars Ethan, how did it do with uh, critics and fans? Critics on Rotten Tomato gave it an 85%, and fans liked it a little bit better at an 87%. It also achieved a 65 on Metacritic. Yeah, um, and it was a surprisingly well-received movie. Uh, I, I wasn't super crazy about it, but we'll get into all of that here in just a bit. I do want to read a positive review, though, and then, Ethan, if you can come in with a negative one. I uh, can do my best. Yeah, this this review comes from, uh, it's from James Plath at FamilyHomeTheater.com, and I'm just going to read a little snippet of his review. He says, Rogue One's narrative is made more interesting because of the character's cross-purposes. Jin is recruited by rebel leader Mon Mothma to rescue her father, so the Alliance can learn more about the project he's been working on, but Cassian Andor, the intelligence officer assigned to accompany her, has another agenda. Uh, though, the though the mere presence of Lord Vader elevates the film, Jones's character holds her own. And it's been a while since that galaxy far, far away has had a real balance like this. And I think the positive part of this review comes from that last comment, because... This is the first movie I feel like to come out of the, how many since the original, of the six since Return of the Jedi that looks and sounds exactly like Star Wars sounded in A New Hope. So I think, I think that's what he's going for here. Ethan, what do you think for a negative review? So I've got a negative review coming from Amy Nicholson over at MTV. Really? I, really. MTV and didn't she's, like it? What? MTV no. didn't like it? MTV did not like it. Huh. Well, Amy, Amy Nicholson at MTV didn't like it. Voice. <laughs> 
She said, we've all lost the point of the franchise. Audience want pa- once packed to the theaters to gawk at the future. Now it's to soak in the past. The emphasis is on packing as much nostalgia as possible and tersely editing it together to resemble a film. The filmmakers barely seem to have developed the scenes and the actors barely appear to be living in them. The quasi-romantic tension between Jin and Rebel Intelligence Officer Cassian Andor is a fizzle and neither seems to develop their characters' motivations beyond glare and shoot. <laughs> Brutal. <laughs> I love what she says, though, about, about how we used to flock to the theater to see the future, and now we go to see the past. I mean, it was always um, the past. Well, I know. It was always a long time ago, but it was, you know, we, we, in our current society, we can't achieve space battles. We finally got woke to the fact that they said past. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's cool. Derek, what are your thoughts on this movie? Let's go ahead and dive on in. Uh, sure. Like the So the first time that I, I saw it, I was, it was just like super like lukewarm at best. Um, and then I, I just recently saw it again for now my fourth time. And as I continue to watch it... Uh, it, it I have warmed up to it. However, I still find uh, a lot of the main characters to be completely uncompelling. Um, and I think that's one of the big issues that uh, even the negative review sort of says where she's talking about eh, the characters, uh, you know, they don't do well a whole lot of uh, character development besides glare and shoot, um, which, I, which is a heck of a brutal way to put it. Um, and that, in a lot of ways, can be a critic's job. But uh, I, I don't necessarily disagree. Well, yeah, to me, this this feels like a slightly better written Phantom Menace. <laughs> God. Phantom well, it, Menace it suffers from the same. This it suffers from the watch. same problems, though, in that they introduce all of this mysticism and just kind of throw characters at us without really giving us any kind of backstory on them or any story on them, almost. I think I think it gets better each time you watch it, because, Derek, I've had this experience watching it as well. I've seen it twice now, and I think the problem with this movie is that when you watch it, you know, for your first viewing is you do catch all of that nostalgia you're like oh there's blue milk and that's that guy from the cantina and the new hope and this is all this stuff and you like you can't keep up with all the new planets and all the new characters that you know are gonna die so it's like why do i even care about them um and you're kind of latching on to all of those nostalgia pieces and i think the reason it gets better every time you watch it is now you're watching it and you're like okay i can see past all the nostalgia and i can actually invest in these characters this in these characters that have been introduced to me and i can start caring about them instead of being like kind of putting it off like putting off caring about them until they do something particularly interesting and then in the end they all die so nothing really interesting ever happens but i think like do you get what i'm kind of going for here though uh yeah uh, also dr cornelius Evazon, by the way and panda baba are the two guys from the cantina that you see on uh uh, Jetta. Jetta. Jetta, Jetta, Jetta. Uh, yeah. So, on the subject of Jetta, let's just broach the topic here real quick. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Derek, you might know this. What the f- is Jetta? Okay, so uh, it's this magical, <laughs> uh, like, bastion of what's left of the Jedi religion that we had previously never heard about up until this movie. Um, okay, yeah. so I'm not crazy. Like, they just dumped this on us. Yeah, no, that, no that's okay. one of the... Um, sort of the criticisms that it's really easy to have about the the film is that they sort of throw a lot of things in there that because these movies take place in a period that you have the Empire and literally right after this movie is done, the next one comes up. And somehow, uh, you know, after that, all the SO units are just, you know, disappeared. There's no more uh like battle droids that the empire is using even though in this movie they have them um and then uh the sort of religion of the force uh we do not see in the original trilogy um which yeah even like and even han solo is saying like in and i think it's in a new hope where he's like i've been all across the galaxy i've seen everything ain't no hokey religion holding everything together he's almost talking about it like it's like an absurd thing yeah, ancient, re- ancient weapons and hokey religions are no match for a good blaster at your side, kid, is the quote. Yeah. yeah. 
I like Star I, Wars. <laughs> I like Star Wars too. <laughs> I mean, honestly, that's kind of what this whole movie is about, though. Is that like, yeah, they get the plans, but their ancient religion uh, wasn't at this point really a match for the Death Star. It kind of yeah. got them in the end. <laughs> Who knew? Um, and th- there is uh, a, a bit of uh, irony, or at least they're trying for irony, to have the uh, weapon itself, the Death Star, actually be powered by kyber crystals, the signature, uh, uh, you know, component of a Jedi's lightsaber. Yeah. Was that was that like knowledge we had before? What powers the Death Star? Did that come from this movie? Uh, that came from. Well, mm, okay. Uh, legends. As far as as far as I'm gonna refer to them as the the Star Wars Gospels. Okay, so episodes <laughs> one through eight. Okay, is yes. that mentioned? That at all? that no, it is not. Okay, so the, there was no gospel truth that uh, crystals were previously to this. No, there was not. Okay, I thought that was a cool thing to throw in there. I thought they did a cool a good job of not only giving you some of that nostalgia from the original films and from the the prequels and stuff like that, but also giving you some of the nostalgia from like Clone Wars and and you know all the the old canon that has been carried over into new canon with. Oh, yeah. Hyper crystals and all that. I thought it was really cleverly done. Yeah, I agree. I do feel like I think my biggest criticism is Jin's character in this movie. She is like all anti-politics, anti-government, anti-everything. I don't want to take a side. Blah blah blah. And then she's the one rallying the troops to go back to oh, what is the planet at the end? Uh, Costco or whatever it's called. Costco. <laughs> Scarif. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Scarif. Or even uh, even before then when she uh, goes to uh, uh, Edu. Yeah, and like, I get that, you know, there's this thing called like character development and she's like a quote unquote dynamic character. But I just don't feel like I saw that growth that would bring her from where she is to where she ends up. It happens all at once in that scene where she, you know, sees the the remainder of her father in the hologram and just kind of keels over. Yeah, yeah, she's like, and and, but like it's it's this moment, and I don't know if it's necessarily her fault or if it's the editing or even the director. uh, But that transition, that character development, what's supposed to be a character development, falls really, really flat, um, and the whole movie suffers from it. Between that and then also. Cassian Andor's uh, uh, character development, it's the same thing where it's like, I don't I, I don't see or, or more importantly, even feel what I, he's going through to end up where he ends up. Yeah, well, I also, so on Cassian, it's like, I don't know his motivations from the start. I know they're not what they're supposed to be for like a rebel special ops troop or whatever he is. I know that he's like... Well, the first thing you see him do is shoot a dude in the back. <laughs> Yeah, he's like a like a rebellious rebel. He's almost like a different kind of fanatic than Saw Gerrera. But right, and based on what we've seen from him so far in the movie, he would have shot Galen Erso straight in the face. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and like, and like, it doesn't seem like he wasn't there on the platform to hear the dialogue between Galen and, and uh, Krennic or any of that. He was just like looking through a sniper, and then he was like, nah, you know what, I'm not going to do it. He, yeah, he didn't know that Galen confessed. He had no idea. Yeah. It's and you know they're trying to set up how uh, sort of direct and cruel he can be with that first shot in the back that we when we first see him. Um, but I just I'm so uninterested and uninvested in his character that uh, it's the same thing with Jen. Where like this that's what the movie suffers from. There's not enough character development. They tried really really hard. Like it's so it's so close to being such a good movie because the story itself, if you just read it on paper, is really really good to me. Um, but the execution and uh, all of the character development and, and the editing. Uh, 
it just falls flat to me. Well, and the, that was always going to be a problem, though, is the characters are finite in this movie, and they had to be, because you weren't going to use a set of characters that carried over into the next movie for, I mean, various reasons, obviously, because all of them were 30 years younger. Uh, uh, Tark- you, Tarkin is in this movie. Yeah, can we, yeah I was going to say, I mean, they, 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 you say that, but there's two that they definitely used that we could talk about. <laughs> right, but it couldn't just be a whole band of rebels from the first movie. Like, yeah. You couldn't get, you know, well, Wedge Antilles and, and but they you know, do have, uh, they do have some of the pilots though. So that that yeah. was one of my favorite like surprise things that I didn't know was going to happen. For yeah, sure, got but, all the like stock footage of the pilots. Oh, yeah, yeah. And the, yeah but they were crazy. left with this problem at the end that like, hey, they kind of had to kill these people because they obviously would have been important rebels <laughs> in the next movie. Yeah, yeah, right. Like the the rebels who captured the Death Star plans would have been like, like. I mean, that doesn't necessarily revered. mean that it's a, a bad movie. It's just like uh, the Titanic. I mean, you know, we we know what happens in the end of that. You think this movie's just like the Titanic? It's just like the Titanic. No, I'm saying that you know how it ends. You know what is going to happen. But right, that and they definitely away. could have given the characters a little bit better treatment as as far as their development goes. Yeah. But it almost felt like they were trying not to get us too invested in them. Maybe. I, I feel like they should have just tried yeah, to and then made been... it seem like they were going to actually survive and then like swept up the rug out from underneath us. Yeah, I, I think I don't think they should have killed any of them off until the Death Star hit the planet. I think that would have been the way to do it. Because they all like died oh, in battle or whatever. That's not it's, a bad yeah, thing. I think nailing them been. one by one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I might like that actually. Yeah, because then it's like you can love these characters and like, oh yeah, they did it. Oh my god, and they, they so had that moment of triumph. They all send the plans off together and then just boom. Yeah, because and, it, and then they just like <laughs> blow them away from. Yeah, yeah. Because the problem is, I don't care about these characters going in. I don't care about them coming out. And I also am not necessarily on the side of the rebels in this movie. Like they seem like pretty evil people as well. Like, the rebellion doesn't seem like it's got all its stuff together either. You know. I mean, it's you know, war is war I, I find it hard to sort of empathize with anybody that is totally cool with killing somebody else um so i, I get what you mean in that respect uh, but and again i think that comes down to the first time that we see cassian right where it's just straight up mercs a dude <laughs> like i don't know he kills like three people doesn't he kill two two stormtroopers yeah, oh yeah well, i mean yeah but stormtroopers are faceless and the, a million of those can die and we wouldn't care this guy is like injured and he's like oh my gosh i can't believe you did that i with my arm i'm not gonna be able to climb out and he's like oh no don't worry about it man Bzzz. Yeah. Bye. Yeah. What I was thinking about is, can you imagine this movie if they hadn't blown up the city on Jeddah, right, right there toward the beginning of it? And like, you would, you would have no reason to think the Empire was even evil. Or the uh, Death Star was ready to go. Right, but they, they don't necessarily explain it. They don't really do anything. Well, the Empire doesn't do anything. You sure, just see these bunch of rebels like, acting sketchy. This movie isn't like everyone knows uh, that the Empire is bad. Yeah. I don't feel like we need that that story development. Uh, well, yeah, again, I mean, like, watch... I, like it would be obnoxious if they, if they like had some kind of setup where they're like, and these are the bad guys, and then these are the good guys, but they're only a little bit good, and like I don't know. For sure, well, yeah, it's definitely if... weird watching it through like in because we've been through in like chronological order. Air quotes. Sure, but actually now that I think about it, uh, one of the first things that you see is uh, Krennic going down, getting Galen, and then they kill his wife. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. I forgot so, about that. So they, they they set up they, they they do they set up the the empire still being evil. I love those dark stormtroopers. Yeah, that the first death scene troopers is or like, whatever. Yeah, I mean this. I I think this movie does do a few things really really well. I love that it is like like it's showing you how troubling the war was on all of the people in the galaxy. Like it's not just you know the rebel leaders and the the Jedi Council and mm-hmm. all that stuff. Like war sucks for the people involved. Like for the infantry on the ground and for the people in the cities where the infantry are like everybody's just miserable and the stormtroopers are dirty and the you know all the rebels are wearing god knows what putting everything on and just they're like blowing up like the rebels even are blowing up city centers and 
throwing grenades in the middle of town to try to fight the empire and like it does it it really does do a good job of making me feel like man this war like this is the star wars like and war sucks yeah you know this isn't just yeah. armchair generals being like okay and you attack here and you attack i think there. uh if i recall they even uh the director wanted it to be much much grittier uh but uh i think it was either star wars or disney or whoever came back and were like you nah, needed to tone it down like a little bit here man it's Star Wars, after yeah, all. It's, it is it is for kids. <laughs> right. It's Star Wars with no Jedis, for starters, and you're just talking about a bunch of guerrilla troops fighting each other. Well, yeah. I mean, Anakin Skywalker's in it. Mm, no. He was a Jedi. No, he was killed by his father. Or by uh, uh, Darth Vader. Yeah. Yep. I mean, from a certain point of view. He's also not a Jedi. Well, from my point of view, the Jedi are evil. <laughs> <laughs> Good job. He was a... So... Derek, can you explain yeah. something in Star Wars to me? Sure. Um, well, I mean, I'll try it anyway. So I'm 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 just going to ask this real quick because it's going to bug Ethan. But I'm going through Clone Wars right now, and I understand that everybody keeps calling Anakin Master. Mm-hmm. But then, how come in Revenge of the Sith they're like you're not like a Master Master? Oh, uh, because they wanted to make a TV show where uh, Anakin had a Padawan. Okay, so it's. So, like, I guess what it is is, like... Yeah. Like, it's... The, the way they explain it away, then, I guess, is just, like, oh, well, I mean, colloquially, if you're, like, a Jedi Knight, they just call you Jedi Master. Like, yeah. that's what just people know you as. They don't know the intricacies of the Jedi Order. Yeah, it's a little it's a little bit like that. They, they sort of cheated it to make that show, because uh, there's no reason for him to have had a battle on, because he has not yet taken the trials, so... Yeah. Well, that's, I guess, what's to be understood, is that, like, at the end of Attack of the Clones, he takes the trials, but that wouldn't make any sense. But, then, yeah, but then he wouldn't... Is he just still hanging out with... Uh, Obi Wan. Well, yeah. They're well, do the trials do the, the trials make him a master, not just a knight? Correct. No, they make him a knight. Yeah, they make you no longer need a leader. Right. Like, so yeah, he can take master. the trials and still not be a master. Right. There are plenty of Jedi knights, but they don't get padawans. No, they do. I don't know. It's confusing. It is. It is confusing. And again, it's because they uh, just yeah, sort of I mean, gave for sure. Yeah. I mean, Phil Coulson's alive for the purposes of Agents of Shield. Like, yeah. Ex- exactly. It's like that. Can, right. It's, there's uh, some stuff that's yeah. look passable. Yeah. Passable is not a word, back. but. I mean, I know what you meant. Uh, I'll tell you what I don't understand is the reason for the like the quasi love story they threw in at like the it's, last. Do you minute find it to be movie. a love story? No, I didn't. Okay, but then so at like then the last. Why, why minute, do you think it's a love story? Because they're like gazing into each other's eyes and holding each other's they're hands. They're about to sitting, die. Sitting on the beach. Tyler, you and I have our differences. But if we were sitting on a beach about to explode, I would look you into the eye and be like, you know what? It's gonna be okay, and I would hug you. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm with Derek on this one. I didn't get the love story vibe at all from it. It like that was actually one of my favorite parts about the movie is they didn't force that point. Yes, I agree. And it would have been just awful if they had. If you want to see into it a little bit and see that it might be a, a love story, and maybe like if you know they both survived, maybe it could develop into something like that. Certainly, uh, uh, you know, experiencing that kind of trauma together can bring people together in that way. But I don't think that, I, like to me, I didn't read that way at all. There's a whole movie about, uh, it's a great Steve Carell movie, about how uh, the end of things puts people together. It's called Seeking a Friend for the End of the World. And I suggest oh, man. you go I watch seen it. That one. Yeah, yeah. I'll put and it on my list. It'll explain how people can, can survive without necessarily falling madly in love. What do you think of K2SO? Uh, I mean, he was funny. Uh, I really like, um, uh, excuse me, his name just escaped me. Alan Tudyk. Alan Tudyk, thank you very much. Um, I like Alan Tudyk like a lot, uh, so I appreciate the humor that he's able to bring. Um, I don't know if it was necessary. <laughs> well, that's I mean, 
So I have this issue every time I watch a Star Wars movie where I'm like, man, why are the droids funny? They're freaking robots. I had the problem in Clone Wars. I'm like, why are the battle droids make cracking jokes and yeah. like unsure of anything? Uh -huh. But then I think about, and I'm always like, this is stupid. It's not like this in the rest of the series, but no, R2-D2 has a beepy sense of humor. BB-8 yeah. has a beepy sense of humor. He did a little thumbs up thing. C-3PO has a sense of humor. C-3PO is this way. Yeah. I guess they could just program droids with humor. I, get, I mean, I don't know. It's war. May as well laugh at the droids, right? <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, that, that's, that is definitely an issue. Um, uh, but that's the thing, exactly like you said, that's always been in Star Wars. Yeah. So it's it frustrated me, but I think I just put that together today to myself. That was like, oh, all the droids have a sense of humor. It's not just K2SO. Well, and yeah. you got to think, it's like if you have a couple, you know, the stormtroopers are people. Like, you have a couple stormtrooper mechanics together, and they're working on a droid, and it's just like, why not give them a sense of humor? <laughs> it's like I they want are, mine to be they, funny. <laughs> they, they are real people. They are just like underlings. It's like not everybody's a general. Not everybody's a you know officer. And to these people, they're it's just another like. Are you telling me American soldiers wouldn't do that? I have no idea. I'm not an American soldier. <laughs> we had an American soldier on the show. We should have asked her. <laughs> I I have a strong inclination that that is something that like they would do in the army if they had droids. We do have droids. We're like they don't talk at all. The droids. Okay, but they don't. We don't have AI either. <laughs> right. <laughs> the droids just go in and pick up bombs. Dro like, droids are, are different than drones. <laughs> yeah, those are drones. No, I'm thinking of the the ones on wheels. That yeah, go it's in still a drone. It's just a drone on wheels. Yeah, droids. Are, it's short for android. Oh. <laughs> which are I don't know. artificial intelligence, yeah. and we don't have that. We're working on it. We are. We shouldn't be. We need it's to like, cool it. R two D two can act completely independently. Yeah, he can be like, oh gosh, those battle droids are about to discover me. Better put my little. <laughs> right. So whether he has a or like or, or like, oh gosh, I'm going to use these uh, rocket boosters that I've never used in the previous movies, but I got them now. Whee! I can uh, he used them. I mean, if you watch them from one through eight, it's not that unheard of. He uses them for the first time in episode two. Okay. Well, wasn't but. wasn't R2D2 <laughs> in the original trilogy just Warwick Davis in a can? Yes. Yeah. So and then, he, then he wobbled occasionally. Yeah. So that's your issue there. Ugh. And then yeah, now he's just capable of flight and whatever. Anyway. I like R2D2. I Although, I, would take... I, I love R2D2. I love all of the droids um, more than most of the characters. But uh, so running back to your original question, I would take K2SO over C3PO. Really? Well, that's because K2SO is kind of a bam. <laughs> right, but just he just also on personality like alone. Well, yeah, but well, I mean, I guess because C3PO is kind of a. Yeah, it's like you know, I've like never it's... gotten the C3PO hype. Yeah, I think the best thing he ever did was make that line about the red arm. <laughs> so, <laughs> perhaps you don't recognize me. Yeah. Like it's still funny. But, uh, yeah, no, I like did you ever K2SO. Read the comic? Oh, that explains it. Say that again. Did you ever read the comic that explains it? The red arm. Yeah, uh, I think so i believe okay. so that's a no uh do you do you guys read the star wars comics at all no i would like to oh do you have man them? i mean i, I know you I do, do and i can let you borrow them uh it, okay so at the end of this movie we get to see vader go full vader and if you want to see vader go full vader more you should read the comics because that's all of the vader comics it's just vader going full vader being completely ridiculous um and being the like you know the superpower that we know him to be via reputation but when we actually see him fight he's like you know <laughs> labored clip 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 we're fighting <laughs> right yeah who do you th who do you think would win derek do you think i mean you you've read these comics who do you think anakin Right before he turns, or Vader. Like, um, if you're talking Vader about, in the suit. If you're talking about the comics, then Vader. Interesting. Like by, by such a wide margin, <laughs> Vader. Like, uh, yeah, I need you to read the comics. They're so so good. I mean, this this scene with Vader at the end of this movie 
was awesome. It almost like never mind the rest of the movie. Like I would go to see that like ten minutes. Yeah, no, absolutely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when it's when it's dark and you hear the 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 breathing yeah. and the lightsaber turns on and I'm just like ooh, like I got chills. This is the third time I've seen this. I get chills every time. Yep, yep, yep. Although I I sort of only saw it the first time. What? What happened there? I fell asleep about ten minutes in and woke up right when oh. they got to Scarif. <laughs> no, that's. Um, so I had no f-ing clue what was going on. Yeah. Anyway, um, let's run through some characters. I want to know. I want to know y'all's thoughts on a bunch of different characters. I know we talked about Jin and Cassian and K two S O a little bit. Uh, what, what did you think of uh, Chirut and Baze? Uh, Baze is the only character I like in the whole movie. Really? Oh God, he's super uninteresting. Yeah, I that's just, like my well, least favorite. What? No, which one's Baze? Is Baze the the guy, the like super heavy guy with the? Oh no 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 no. Uh, yeah, he's a Machete from Spy Chirut. Kids. Chirut. That's not Machete. No, I don't like Chirut either. Oh, I like Chirut a little bit more this watch through. Uh, oh, no, Baze is not with... Danny Trejo. No, he's not. He's Wen Zhang. Are you talking? Uh, up. Are you talking about uh, Body, the pilot? No, Body's great too. Uh, Body's and the he... uh, Body's the only character that I cared about. He develops a lot, and he gets that tentacle monster to attack him, and nothing Machete happens. is Danny Trejo. I don't. I don't know where this is coming from. Yeah, he just yeah. looks like Wen Zhang. Oh, That's the oh, joke. Okay. Okay. Well, you just said he was Machete from Spy Kids, and I was very confused. Yeah, he's like this dude who's got a huge weapon. Well, and it's like way too big to be with this group. He looks like Machete from Spy Kids. Okay, well, if there's a superpower I have, it can be telling you who is and isn't Danny Trejo, and I'm pretty good at that. So, no, I liked I liked Shrew though. He was um he was cool, but no, I'm I'm thinking of the uh, the pilot guy. Yeah, Body. Riz yeah. Ahmed. Body, body, body Rook. Yep. Yeah. Uh, no, I think Body's great. Like he, he more than anybody else, I cared about him uh and i don't know if that's uh just like a credit to the actor or the the writing or, or what but i uh, think i think a lot does go to the actor because i really felt for him like yeah. he was sitting you felt his struggle when he was like i need to see saw Gerrera. like i need like i don't have time for all this crap like yeah. i have to get to saw Gerrera. i've got to talk to him we're like he, just, he was very clear that like he was expecting like a warmer welcome <laughs> right and he's, he's like no he's i just like, i'm I just defecting here saw Right. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, but I really liked his character. I didn't like the little tentacle monster that attacked him. I was like, I don't know why this is here. And maybe it'll come back here in just a little bit and we'll get some truth out of it. Yeah. Nope. nope. Just It sucked his brain out temporarily. Or yeah. part of it, at least. Yeah, yeah, it was never quite ne- the same after that. But his next shot on screen was um, Chirrut being like... Hey, What's up, buddy? Who are you? <laughs> no, he was in the um, he was in the the uh, yeah, the, in the prison. Yeah, and he has like maybe thirty seconds where he's like, I don't know who I am, and then they're like, Oh, you're that pilot that defected. He's right, like, and I'm then he just goes, Pilot that defected. I'm the pilot. I'm the pi- I'm the pilot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It was like, it was very quick. Was I mean, they could have, out. yeah, they could have probably developed that a little bit more instead of spending half the movie on, on Scarif. Yeah, but. I remember, I, I couldn't remember the whole Scarif thing at all when I watched it today. And they got to the scene where, like, she sees her dad on the platform. And I was like, oh, this is the end of the movie. That was uh, quick. Oh, no, you <laughs> wait, you're, that's Edu. Edu, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. That's what he's saying, is that he thought, he couldn't remember. He texted me this and he goes, I feel like I'm at the end of the movie, but there's like an hour left. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it it did feel like uh, like it was some kind of climax there. Yeah, it was a big yeah. scene there, right in the middle. Like, uh, Cassian makes the choice not to shoot him, and, you know, he gets killed, and then there's just a whole other movie after that. I think I think this was actually a season of Sherlock. Those three 45-minute episodes, and they took a couple scenes out here and there, is what it was supposed to be. Because it, like, there is more than one climax in this movie yep there's like the death of Saw Gerrera, the death of Galen Erso, and then like the transmission of the data right this could have been three 45 minute episodes and starred that dude what was his name what's his name there's Dr. Strange oh Broccoli Cuttlefish <laughs> that's the one <laughs> That's the one. Could have starred that dude. He would have been great. He would have been a great. He would have been a great uh, Ben Mendelsohn, Orson Krennic. Yeah, actually, that would have been pretty rad. 
Yeah, um, that probably would have been great. No, Benedict Krennic. Cumberbatch is great. But uh, Krennic, I... I I think I liked Krennic more than I liked some of the heroes. I loved Krennic. I did uh, like Krennic. He's who is that guy? Who is that actor? Ben uh, Mendelsohn. Yeah, but what does he do? Uh, he's he an actor. Sorrento. Is he really playing Nolan Sorrento? Yeah. Interesting. He just strikes me as such like a like a sitcom teacher. Really? Yeah. Nah. Like I was... liked him in the role, but he just seemed he has like a the face for like di- a different kind of movie. Uh, he's also going to be in the upcoming Captain Marvel movie, which I'm very excited yeah. about. I'm looking cool. at those credits right now. Yeah, same. Yeah, Nolan Sorrento. Wow. I can um, actually I could see it. Nolan Sorrento's supposed to be blonde. But this, is he not blonde? Oh, I guess he's not. Look at that. He has like gray hair. You know what? If that's that's a detail they can change, then yeah. I'll be like, oh, yeah, that's okay. I, I don't mind him not being blonde. I, I was just just a thought. I just I like I listened to the part where they described Sorrento's appearance like today in the audio. Ah, uh, gotcha, so. gotcha. Man, I need to listen to that. I've got like two weeks before. Uh, Have you never listened? Uh, no, I've, I've read it previously. I just want to like re up it because when I read it, it was when it came out. So well, I just want you to be aware, Derek, that the the movie that's coming out is not going to have all the things from the book in it. Well, no, cat. it's going to be. It's not going to have any of the things we want. It'll have, it'll have some of it. Maybe. It'll have the DeLorean, and it'll have the it'll have Ogs in like upside like inverted globe, and a lot of Iron Giant. Yeah, a lot right. of Iron Giant. No Utura, man. Right. Anyway, we've we're we're off Star Wars a little bit here. Yeah, <laughs> Star, I love Star Wars. What, what about Star Wars? He has an X wing in that movie. So how movie. many how many planets do we visit in in that like? five minute stretch of movie which five minute stretch of movie the one where they're on a different planet every eight seconds i don't remember that happening like right at the, the beginning of the movie right happening when, on jetta right when it goes to like from young Jin to old Jin, and then you see the the, the scene of old Jin, and then it's like well now we're on a different planet well, wait yeah. Jin's not on this planet she's on this planet and then there's jetta and then there's wonabi and then they're back on yavin 4 and all kinds of stuff yeah we do see uh, within the first like 20 minutes or so of the movie they're they do hop around quite a bit, but it's, uh, I don't know, I don't mind that quite as much. I don't either, and I, because I brought this up to say this, at least there's little subtitles telling us what planet they're on this time. Oh, you like that? I do. I like it better than being confused as <laughs> for all of the first three movies. They tell you. They're like, this is this is Endor, the forest moon up. Uh, no, I'm sorry, the prequels. <laughs> oh, the prequels. This is Coruscant. The whole city's a, the whole planet's a city. Yeah, they do it this with terrible no exposition instead of uh, subtitles. Ah, uh, Nubian, huh? I like, I like the subtitles. I would rather have the subtitles than getting 25 minutes into the Mustafar scene, or not the Mustafar, into the Geonosis scene, and then being like, we're on Geonosis. You didn't hear Gear Person being like, well, we, we support the Geonosis Accords or whatever? What's his name? Watt Tambor? Yeah. <laughs> I'm a Todarian. Mind tricks don't work on me. <laughs> That was pretty good. That was a pretty good Watto. I do what I can. Oh, man. The guy who voices Watto, that's all he's ever done. That, no way. Well, he's done other things, but his official headshot is of Watto. Okay. <laughs> I'll tell you, you can see how well, how hard the war hit in the scene on Jetta when they're talking about how there's a 600 credit reward for, for the return of Buddy. <laughs> yeah, right. Big rewards here. Big rewards. But it's like, that's a, apparently, that would be a lot of money to those people, I'm guessing, because that's why they would pick that. It's like, they don't have to do anything bigger. Sure, sure. No, I get what you're saying. That makes sense. How many Republic credits do you have, Ethan? Uh, I, I, how much? What's the Republic credit to Bitcoin exchange uh, rate? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Re- Republic credits are no good out here anyway. <laughs> credits will do just fine. No, no they won't. No. <laughs>
Uh, I love Star Wars. So you didn't you know like, what I was thinking about today? Watch, oh, you know, watching this movie, oh, I stand by what I said earlier, is that this is the first movie since Return of the Jedi that looks as like a Star Wars movie as the original trilogy. Like, I feel like this is about as Star Warsy as it gets. What do you think, Derek? Uh, I, I, don't, I don't necessarily disagree, and it certainly helped by... Um, you know, having Tarkin and Leia in it? That, <laughs> that Star well, that... Those, I mean, if, okay, let, let, hold on. Let's put a pause on that question and talk about the CG people. I would have been fine with Tarkin just seeing like the back of his head, which is what it starts off with. Right. And I will say that that, that voice talent sounds just like him. It's perfect. Yeah. Whoever did that was um, phenomenal. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and uh, if, if we ever only ever just saw the back of his head, uh, then I'm sold. That's totally fine. I do not need to, I, do not, I didn't need to see him. I don't know. It was just that first scene when he turned around and looked like a character out of the Polar Express. Yeah. Oh, gosh. It like, was, it was terrifying. I, I get the, the the desire to do that, but we're not there technologically. And it's just, it took away and from I, the movie. It takes away from the movie. It also takes away from the reveal at the end when Leia shows up. Because I'm happy with that one. I thought that one looked amazing. She didn't look as bad, yeah. Um, and it takes away from that reveal. It's like, oh, they can bring people back, so. Well, they were also just making Carrie Fisher younger, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, there was also a different actor uh, that played her body. Okay. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, so all they had to do to her was Benjamin Button her and not just bring her back from the dead. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and with, because they're doing that, it's it's much easier to make, uh, you know, smooth skin rather than the wrinkled skin that Tarkin had. Because um, there's so much texture there and that uh, is harder to pull off. And it was it was almost there. Like, I'll give them the credit for it. It was almost yeah, there. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's been, it's better than it's ever been. However, it's not right. there yet. But if they could have just, it was if it was 5% better, it would have been all the way there. But the 5% makes it not worth doing. Yeah, I agree. I even thought, did they do CG on Darth Vader's costume? No. Oh, can we talk about Darth Vader uh, and the things we don't like about him? Because yeah, that whole the, scene on, like, Lava World. Uh, yeah, how he somehow has... Uh, it was, it was on Mustafar, wasn't it? Not. Yeah, was that Mustafar? I, I was, I was wondering because that was one of the ones we didn't get a subtitle for. Uh, you're right. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna look it up. Um, uh, I don't even know what. Why would he where? go back there? I don't uh, know. His little, his hideout was cool. Was a cool building. Yeah, like, but that like I don't felt like an evil building. Sure, I still feel like it was largely like unnecessary. I don't know. But who's uh, in the suit? Anyway, the the guy. Yeah, exactly. There was the guy in the suit. I forget his name. Uh, doesn't have Darth Vader's walk, and it. Mm, I just didn't like it. Spencer yeah. Wilding or Daniel. Yeah, like he, he didn't he didn't move like Darth Vader to me, and that that was something that I very specifically. Well, I just, think for continuity's sake, you should have put Hayden Christensen in it. Ugh, no, no, no. I think you could have just left that whole scene out, honestly. Oh, yeah, you don't oh, yeah. need it I'll at all. That. I think it would have just been a better movie at the first, and I get it, like, we wanted to have James Earl Jones there and do the voice and have him, like, iconically back or whatever, and he was super excited to do it again. That's great. That's awesome. But it would have been so much cooler if the first time we see Vader is when the lightsaber clicks on. Yeah, I, I, I actually 100% agree with that, and I've not actually heard that previously, and I... I agree with you. Yep, yep, yep. Like it just it would have it would have given the movie that element that it was kind of missing, but we get this really kind of unsatisfying scene with Vader doing just uh, it was kind of almost too aggressive the whole thing he did with with Krennic. Uh, you think it was too aggressive? I don't think Vader He didn't actually aggressive. he didn't actually kill him. I feel like if anything he was he was showing a softer side. I don't know. I just feel like it was, it was a kinder, gentler Vader. Something, something <laughs> sat weird about it with me, and I don't even know that I can necessarily pin it down. But it just—I so can. I can pin it down. You want me to pin it down? Yeah, for go you? for it. Krennic, don't choke on yes, your ambitions. Oh, on your yeah. Ambitions. Yeah. yeah. That was just bad scripting. That was prequel scripting. Wasn't great. Oh gosh, that was. Terrible. Hello there, <laughs> General Kenobi. 
I that like, one planet was just an anagram for Obi-Wan. Wobani or whatever. <laughs> I see you, Star Wars. The Imperial Labor Camp. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that was what they named it. They were like, ha ha ha, we got him now. I did I did enjoy K2SO in that scene specifically, probably more than the rest yeah, of the scenes. So, where he just I grabs her by the neck okay, and goes, <laughs> you are being rescued. Do not resist. <laughs> I, that one is pretty fun. I mean, he's got some uh, really good lines or like, uh, when he's I'm like, there yeah, for zero, you. zero. Cassian told me I had to. Or like zero hostiles. One hostile. <laughs> um, I don't know. And then there's the part where she shoots one of the other SO droids. And yes. he's like, you, kn- you knew <laughs> that, you know that wasn't me. Did you know that wasn't me? Eh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Luck of the draw. I, d- I thought it was weird. He had like no, not one unique marking that I could pick up on. Yeah, like why wouldn't you give him anything? Even if it's something that like. Uh, like Or at least erase the Empire logo on his shoulders. I mean, right. it, it certainly has its uses for him to still have that on there but I don't know I feel like they could have had something not if Cassian's gonna make him wait, make him wait in the ship the whole time yeah. I mean they yeah, could have it doesn't have to be much you can have like a scar around one of his eyes or something yeah Just, yeah have it be like battle damage that's a good idea alright General Grievous yeah. <laughs> well actually it was Anakin who had a scar around one of his eyes and I guess so did Grievous but you know what I'm saying it's like it, it could have been battle damage it could have been something that was like oh that's K2 something so. distinctive yep I yeah. agree the eyes I guess what the they, SO droids would, creep me out that's the cool. fact that K2SO was able to take like four bullets before dying creeps me out. What a lucky droid. So you guys didn't like Chirrut and Baze at all? Uh, like, it's I did not weep at their death. I, I did not like Baze. I thought was uh, even less interesting. Chirrut was kind of interesting in, in that he sort of brings about the uh, the sort of uh, Church of the Force, um, but like uh, didn't get enough uh, like character development out of him. Like you, it, the first scene when we we were introduced to Chirrut, uh, he's talking to. Jin and he's like, ah, you wear that crab crystal around your neck. Yes, I'm talking to you, and uh, we, we don't get anything more out of that. I want to know more about him. I want to know more about how he is force sensitive because he very clearly is, and it's just I yeah. Know. I mean, you get a lot of evidence in this movie for a lot of the regular people being force sensitive, mm-hmm. and you never get that after or before. Yeah, and a lot of Last Jedi. Um, no, I wouldn't call Leia re- like regular people. I mean, I would call those kids at the end regular people. Spoilers. Sure, but they're going like the. I think the intent there is that they are going to be the next generation of Jedi. But uh, but you're right that th- those are not yet, those are people who are not yet Jedi that are showing that they do have force powers. Um, but this is one of the first times that we've seen like an adult person who is not a Jedi, who is also even associated with the Jedi but is still force sensitive. Right, because you have you have Jin growing up in this trust the force household mm-hmm. as well as Chirrut and, and I guess to some extent Baze being these force sensitive people. They're the guardians of the temple but Baze didn't seem like he bought I, I, no, I don't. I don't think that he was force sensitive at all. I think that he was just uh, doing his job. Fair enough. He was like you know what I was I, I get paid for this. What do they call him? The guardians of the wills? Yes. Is that is that Wills like W H I L L S like um, like Luke Starkiller so. from the Journals of the Wills? Yes, yes, yes. What the Wills? That was the original name of Star Wars, like yes. A New Hope. Was, <clears throat> the Ancient uh, Order of the Wills. Yeah. Oh, hang on. I gotta find the actual. If you just look up Luke Starkiller. Yeah. Whoa. I knew Luke Starkiller. The, yeah. I didn't know anything about the Wills. The Wills. Uh. Well, yeah. It was some some long title that's like the Star Wars from the Adventures of Luke Starkiller. Uh. The, from the Journals of the Wills Saga One, the Star Wars or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. And what they did is the same thing that they've done with a number of other things with like early drafts of Star Wars as they then incorporated that into something else within the story. He did have one scene that made me laugh a lot, and that is when they put the bag over his head. I th- I'm 
percent certain that that was actually a um, an ADR that they did after the fact because they were like, we need to add some more humor. And I know that there's a ton of reshoots that they did, and I'm sure that that was part of it. Really? Huh? I it, like it. I don't know if if you feel at that moment. I don't know. I'm I'm pretty. I want to go through frame by frame, but I bet you can hear him before the before bags he starts full, talking. Yeah, like before the bag's actually over his head, because yeah. I don't. You don't ever see his mouth move. So. Oh, true, true. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Huh. But it, I don't know. It, just watching it, it made me laugh. Oh yeah, no. It's like, the first time you see it, it's very funny. But yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure that it was tacked on, which makes me grumpy. Why? What's uh, attacking things on? Uh, all the reshoots and stuff. We're talking about how, uh, like before, it was it was a shoot. Was it Pablo Hidalgo? The direct, what? Who's, who directed this movie? Oh, Gareth uh, Edwards. Yeah, that's what I meant. Um, <laughs> You're close. <laughs> so I, I think that he wanted to have the movie be much, much grittier, and uh, Disney or Star Wars, whoever, uh, you know, came back and were like, it, this is too much, we need to add whatever, and then I think that's one of the things that they added is just a lot more humor. Yeah, I really feel like um, Cassian's character was, was distilled a lot. Oh, gosh. I, I, wanna, I wish that I could find a cut of the, what the original vision was. I'd be very interested. Yeah, I would like that for any Star Wars movie. Yes. I don't know, because Diego Luna is just such a great actor. Yeah, he's not bad. Like, I, I feel like, and I don't know. I've seen him in a lot of strong roles, and he just, like, fell completely flat in this movie. Yeah, I think that it's uh, largely uh, the director's fault, um, or maybe uh, not. Maybe the producer's fault, even you know, um, as we just discussed. I think that uh, film is such a director's medium. Like uh, the actor doesn't get a choice as much. Um, right, they're they're a paintbrush putting color on the yeah, on the canvas. Exactly. Whereas with other um, sort of theatrical mediums, the, the uh, the actor has much more of a say. So because of this, I think that a lot of the things that he was maybe going for or trying to do ended up just completely falling flat or being left on the cutting room floor. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I was getting at. Is like, I feel like for this character, they almost needed a different, like a friendlier actor. I don't, yeah, for, for what they ended up with, like, I, I 100% agree. Like if he, the character is uncompelling because he's so uncharismatic and I just, I don't, I don't care about him. Like if... I don't care like, about yeah, him. But yeah, he kills that dude, but then that Cassian evaporates after that scene. Yeah, right. That, that character <laughs> is no more. It is a different yeah. Cassian. I agree. Um, and it's just like, I think that that, that that was the character they were going for with Diego Luna, because that was the one time that I kind of believed his character and bought into it. And after that, I was just like, this guy is kind of menacing for this character he's playing. <laughs> Who's like, you sit he's sitting there like, oh, I believe in you, you know, Jin. And you he just said you've that seen lots of movies where he plays, uh, you've seen lots of his roles and he's a great actor. I was curious what, what you're referencing in that. I'm just looking at his credits right now and I don't think I've heard of like any of these except okay. Mill. He's been in a lot of movies. He's, he's a Hispanic actor and I was a Spanish actor. Yeah, he's a lot of foreign language films. a lot of foreign language films that I've had to watch. Yeah, I've watched them too. Um, Itu Mama Tambien is a great movie. Um, it's great. some... Uh, some others I can't I recognized the movies when I looked at him and then I was like oh that's that guy from that movie um but it was is a lot of yeah a lot of foreign language films and stuff I've seen him in like that um he was in Frida that was a great movie I'm trying to think of what the other ones were. It's mostly the main one I can think of on top of my head is um is Itumama Tambien. Yeah, that's that's the one that I know from. He's uh he was in a uh, what is it with Matt Damon. Um Oh, Elysium. Yes. <laughs> yeah. He's yeah, also yeah, in that, that movie. movie. That movie. He uh, was actually a shining moment in that movie for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, he was in that ridiculous uh, Will Ferrell movie, the the Casa de Mi Padre. I don't even know what that is. I don't is. know any of these. <laughs> oh God, that was. You guys haven't seen that? Oh, you gotta go. I watch have not that seen movie. Casa de Mi Padre. It's insane. It's a Will Ferrell like Western comedy that's entirely Spanish language, like subtitles. What? Yeah. All right, I'm interested. No. It's Will Ferrell and and Diego Luna and a couple other kind of guys like that. They're like these miscreant cowboys. 
Hold on, now I gotta look it up. Yeah, it's got your uh, Gael Garcia Bernal guy in it, Tyler. Oh, the dude from uh, Mozart in the Jungle. Yeah, <laughs> I like that that show. Yeah, they're like they're like Mexican drug runners, or no, they 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 end up like battling Mexican drug runners. I don't know. It's a, it's a whacked out movie. It was last time I checked on Netflix. Oh dang, I know. Okay, what do y'all think of Saw Guerrera in this movie? Do you care? So you like the it, Darth Vader parallels and everything. I think uh, that it's really interesting that we have a character appear in a movie that we've seen on the uh, the uh, the TV show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that is a fantastic step forward, and that's really great. Um, but he is another one. We're where, never like, gonna I, get I don't, Ahsoka. I don't. Yeah, oh, man. If we got Ahsoka, anyway. Um, uh, she get her own movie. She, but- she should. <laughs> Her self-titled book is not that good, so I'm I have not, sure. not read it. I used to be I'm, so big into all of the extra books, but now I, I just I just don't read them at all. I think. It's like well, I, you mean like the the old canon? Yeah, yeah. I've, I've read so so many of them. Yeah, the new canon. I've only read Ahsoka, and I just I feel like every time I read one of these books or I try to get into them, it just makes the whole universe feel like every story is not that important because either all of these major things are happening all the time so what we see on screen is just a window into this time period and it's not that big of a deal and we don't know the whole story so it's never going to matter or that it's all really boring and none of it really matters at all uh go on well because like ahsoka's story is all about her like ending up on some planet of farmers and then the empire shows up and she has to like help them escape and maybe it gets insanely good in the last two hours of the seven-hour recording. But from what I've listened to so far, it's just like, I don't care about any of the characters that are not her. And I don't know why I'm supposed to, because they seem pretty disposable and like they're not going to come back in any sort of relevant sense. Other than that, she's the peop- they're the people she's saving right now. You know, she's doing this whole sure. act of heroism. Well, uh, that kind of makes sense. Uh, I understand your perspective there. Like, um, I was really into the Pony Hunters. Um so like anytime you saw like uh, Forlom in a story and stuff like that, it was uh, very interesting because it's that one character who appears on screen for like seven seconds and you're like, oh yeah, that guy. And that's, I don't know. Is that what you're all about, Derek? I'm all about that. It's all that so, moment. So for those of you that have seen the series, both of you, uh, how does Saul Guerrero... Guerrero's um, portrayal in the series, in the, in the, in the animation, compare to his portrayal on screen? <laughs> like real screen. I have not gotten Saul Guerrero oh, in the uh, series, so it, it, I don't know. I... Uh, because I knew Sagara was going to be in it, I very specifically watched those because I have not watched all of uh, either Clone Wars or Rebels. Uh, I don't have a good reason. Um, but uh, uh, it's it's pretty different. He uh, was like a young, skinny dude. Yeah. Right? Yep. But those yeah, take, I mean, those take just... place between... Do both those series take place between episodes two and three? No, Clone Wars does. The one he's in is, yeah. is, is between two and three. It's to, between two and three. Mm-hmm. So yeah. He's, yeah, he's considerably younger. Yes. Okay. Yeah, this would have so, been... Uh, so he's, he's seen... He's, he's, Seen some this would have been about 25 years later, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, clearly, because he's I mean, missing some limbs. And Man, we, why wouldn't you get matching feet? Like, I get it, but like I don't know. To me, ma- matching feet would have been a priority. I don't know. What I, I don't understand I kind of is... felt the whole space pirate vibe from him. So, like, yeah. it, I get the non-matching leg. Yeah, that's fair. I don't know. He's supposed to be like a Darth Vader parallel. He's got the labored breathing and the animatronic everything. But one thing I thought that the technology improved of in the, in the Rebellion was their ability to do... Uh, uh, prosthetics. You know, Anakin's got like a real hand, but or not Anakin. Luke's got a real hand, but Anakin's got like a robo hand. But otherwise, all technology dropped off. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know. This is also before Luke gets his new hand, and also he that would require Saw Gerrera to accept help from the rebels. That's true. I mean, it sounds uh, like also Darth Vader got more than just like a hand. He got like the whole arm. No, the first time Anakin lost a hand. Yeah, it was, a whole, it was like yeah. a whole half the arm. He was like cut up. I was cut from like above the elbow. Oh, was it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Man, there's some cool lightsabers in that Star Wars Clone Wars show. So. 
I I actually loved Sagarera in this movie. I loved Forrest Whitaker's kind of weird portrayal of this character. Really? I, Why? I, I just I well, he just he stuck out so much for me, and it was such a Forrest Whitaker type role that it was I don't know. I just I, I believed the character more than I believed most of the other characters. That's interesting. I didn't believe him at all. I, yeah. I, was, I thought it was like this weird, but it just like, it's it's fish out of water kind of character. I don't know. It's just I feel like I've seen I've seen Forrest Whitaker in this exact role just with you know normal limbs and stuff. <laughs> okay. Well, that's fair. And, uh, but and I, I so think it just it stuck with me. I guess some of his other performances kind of bled into this one for me. Sure. I, I think it's another instance of uh, having a character uh, like never at any point do I feel for Saw Gerrera. Like uh, it's largely just uncompelling. Yeah, I feel like what they're trying to make you feel for with Sagarera is that he's the one that saves Jin. But then when you're introduced to older Jin, you're like, well, you're awful. And it looks like you and Sagarera had a pretty big falling out pretty early on into your yeah. relationship. So I don't care about either of you. And Well, and he even immediately tries to make reparations for that. And she's just kind of like, I was 16. You left me to die. I mean, but like, I mean, he kind of gives his uh, reasoning for that. Right. Um, like, kind of like, if, if I didn't leave you, you were going to meet an end that was much worse than me leaving you. <laughs> so... When I actually do think that was one of the better parts of writing in this whole movie, and that like, yeah. I got the I got the image of that whole exchange just from that little bit of dialogue. Yeah, I'll, I'll agree with that. But I, I, even so, I, I wish that I would have seen more sort of internal conflict within Saw, with where he was like, you know, I I understand that I hurt you, but I, I, I this is what I needed to do. This is what needed to happen. Yeah. It's all about the cause for them. It's all about destroying the empire. One stormtrooper at a time. Destroy the empire. Down with the down with the emperor. I thought it was interesting. The emperor wasn't in this at all. I did too. It's like they've got an actor and everything. Yeah, it's that's a fair point. Yeah, he could have just had him. Like, like you don't have to revive him. It was the same dude in six and one, two, three. Yeah, he was this old weird dude. That's all he does. He's like sitting there waiting for that call. <laughs> <laughs> you think he'll be in solo? Maybe. No, Probably no, not, you're not going to see that. Why, why would you see the emperor? I don't, I don't think, know. I don't, I don't know anything about Solo. I don't Darth think anybody Vader, knows right? anything about Solo. I don't know anything about Solo. I know Lando's in it, and from what I understand from the script is that we're all going to come out of it and be like, that movie was about Lando. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm very excited for it. I think it'll be good. Um, I, I have high hopes for that one. I hope so. I think it was the obvious move. I was thinking about that today. Was like when when George Lucas sat down to write the prequels, he chose to not include the Solo family, or I guess Han Solo was the only one, but Han Solo at all. Like, Luke and Leia had their little moment as babies, and then, you know, it's all about Anakin, it's all about Obi-Wan, but, like, no mention of Han Solo, no, like, not even, like, a comment, like, ah, oh, these darn smugglers. Or when Chewbacca leaves, like, he doesn't get picked up by Han Solo or anything, like, nothing. And they could have included that, but they didn't. You know, they could have written the story about anything three years later, or three movies leading up to the events of A New Hope. It could have been, it could have been Rogue One broken up into three movies, gathering the plans for the Death Star. That would have made sense. But it was the history of Darth Vader, which is good too, but now there's no reveal, but whatever. I don't know. That's just a, so I think, I think they've got to do the Solo thing, but I think after they do Solo, I don't want anything to do with this current saga, like this set of wars. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that... I would love to see more non-Jedi related things. I really, one of the more compelling things uh, to me is the uh, the sort of uh, underworld to Star Wars. Actually, have either of you guys ever played the uh, Star Wars role-playing games, the new ones? I have not. They're broken up t into three parts, basically, because the, the thought is, in addition to being able to make money by selling more books, um, there's the three parts of Star Wars. You've got the Jedi, uh, the, the sort of underworld, the scum and villainy, and then you also have the uh, the rebellion kind of like uh, fighter pilots and whatnot. Um, and t for me, the scum and villainy is the part that I find particularly compelling. And 
I don't know. I hope we get to see more of that. I think that Han, or excuse me, the uh, Solo is going to get into that, but I, I just want, I want more. Well, and it's definitely, it's good things can happen when you make an intentional exclusion. Like when you, when you take a huge part of something out and look at what you're left with and make a story out of it, like that can, that can be a very good thing. What is this in reference to? In reference to them, like leaving the Jedi out of these movies, like the, yeah. the movies that have nothing really to do with the Jedi. I just feel like, like, I guess what I want moving forward is like the film adaptation of like, like a trilogy film adaptation of Knights of the Old Republic. And I think we could completely see that, um, especially with uh, Ryan Johnson now getting his own uh, trilogy. Well, yeah, because he totally messed some things up. He makes things complicated with that Last Jedi movie. Go on. I mean, <laughs> which is the whole like Snoke thing and like the end of the Jedi Temple and including the Jedi literature when there's like, that's like the first example of books in Star Wars. And then you just, we don't read them. They're just gone. Mm. Nobody reads them. And then, you know, they're just gone. Yeah, they got blown up. Ray's no, they didn't. Ray has them. You oh, no, see them Ray's got them. You're right. Yeah, Ray's got them. You yeah, see Ray's him? got them. Because that's the whole, like, reveal. And that was one part I didn't actually like about that movie. But it was a whole reveal of what Yoda said. And he's like, everything the girl needs to succeed, she has. And which is true, because she has the books already. She has the books. She has everything that was in the temple. Like yeah. The temple, which was just a big hollowed out tree. I don't know. I, I, I felt like it just made some things complicated. Like, killing Snoke off, maybe. But then if we follow, like, the rest of the canon, like, Darth Maul didn't die when he was chopped in half. So, maybe Snoke didn't die. And, like, Anakin lost three limbs and he didn't die. Uh, so. Well, the uh, the Darth Maul thing, not dying, is just a retcon. <laughs> um, oh, I know. They were like, oh, crap, we had such a cool thing. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, he's fine. That's cool. It's, I mean, other characters have dr- dropped down big things and survived. Like They Luke, sent him you know? to Tahiti. Yeah. He's good. Yeah. Like, Tafiti. Tafiti. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we'll see where it stands when Solo's over, but they're kind of running out of real estate with the whole between three and four thing. So I think if they want to keep making the Star Wars stories, they're going to have to look elsewhere unless they actually go for it and do Kenobi. Boy, that'd be interesting. I don't think that we have three Obi-Wan Kenobi movies. We have four Obi-Wan Kenobi movies. We don't need another one. I'll take a Qui-Gon Jinn movie. Like Yoda trains Qui-Gon. I'm cool with that. So uh, something that happens in the comics uh, that I think would be interesting to see is uh, Obi-Wan's time in exile on Tatooine um, where he like Luke Skywalker eventually goes back to Tatooine finds uh, Obi-Wan's hovel and uh, finds his journals and like that's where he learns a lot of uh, his the Jedi ways there um, it, it also adds a lot more sort of uh, context for him suddenly being able to move things with his mind in uh, the beginning of Empire Strikes Back because previous to that uh, we don't see uh, that particular power um, of the Force, so I don't know. I would mind. I would. I wouldn't mind seeing more Obi Wan. I like him. I just want Ewan McGregor. Yeah, it would be. It would be an older Ewan McGregor as Obi Wan. That's what I want. Yeah. yeah, that'd be great. I think that's what a lot of people want. Yeah, but Disney won't do it because he's not going to be cheap. Although they did just hire him for that Christopher Robin movie. This movie cost two hundred million dollars. Yes, yeah, <laughs> like, I think it's just fine. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, if anybody's got the money, Disney this does, movie but, like, that, and it, that, yeah, that and people it, complain about constantly quintupled its yeah cost two hundred million dollars yeah. and made a billion dollars. Like that's a that's a sure bet. You tag a Star Wars story onto anything at this point. This didn't have like any Star Wars actors in it either. It had. It had like, Bail Organa. Yeah, Bail Organa and, and Mon Mothma, but that was a different actress. And um, 10 seconds of Carrie Fisher. Yeah. And James Earl Jones. Yeah. Oh, man. But, I loved, like, the leads. I loved work. the dumb write-out for Bail Organa. He's just like, I now must suddenly go back to Alderaan. Well, I, lo- I love the uh, the audio cue that happens when you first see him, where you hear uh, the Luke's theme. Oh, yeah. It was uh, when, when, he, when he walks out of the shadows. Oh, I'm like, ah, ah, I know you. <laughs> Excellent. I, that's a face I know. You were yeah, in the yeah. Revenge of the Sith. Jimmy Smith. Is that the name of the actor? Yes. Yeah. Jimmy Smith. Yep. Um, yep. Man. 
So it was really fun to see him. Um, And he's just like, I got to go back to Alderaan. And I'm just, I wrote in my notes, I was like, no. You're going to get blowed up. Your planet's about to explode in like three days, bro. (laughs) I think uh, that they did a fine job with uh, sort of explaining why he had to go. And and, because we know that he's on Alderaan when it explodes. Um, So I thought it was great. I thought that they motivated him to go back there uh, plenty of I love Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I just like all of it. Like, I, even the stuff I don't care about. I just, it's all so good. Star Wars is great. It's, it's like laser swords and battle droids and clone armies and the not clone armies and nuanced ways of telling the same story about blowing up a big old planet thing. Oh, a big old planet thing. <laughs> I think... I mean, obviously, the most impressive one is the the Trade Federation gunship at the beginning. Oh yeah, at the end the, of the half-eaten donut. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who would win in a fight between the Death Star and Starkiller Base? I feel like the Empire slash the uh, like you know the New Republic they, they they need to stop making spheres. You make a sphere, it's, it's going to blow out. up. It's going to happen. You think they should build like a giant cube? Sure. Go full board. Go spark. Yeah, go full board with it. And then I think that that will uh, definitely work out better for them. Yeah, just pop in a board cube. <laughs> yeah, I think it'll work out better. Oh, man. It, it, did, it did serve to explain how the Death Star got blown up in the first place, which is obviously the idea they ran with. They were like, all right, let's let's tell the story of how the Death Star got blown up, which is like, well, there why was always is there that, like a, a random an exhaust, exhaust port? port? Yeah. And, and how does well, this there was exhaust port meme. make it? So that everything blows up. Yeah, because there was always that meme that was like, well, uh, so, I mean, like, we designed it, and we made it, and it's it's great, except for this one small flaw. No big deal. <laughs> <laughs> I just uh, feel like there was some guy rat. over at Disney who was who was just sitting around thinking about that, and then Disney bought Star Wars, and he goes, finally, I can tell my story. <laughs> I can do I can do it. My dream. <laughs> yeah. I'm an Imagineer. And he, he just <laughs> runs to the office of whoever's in charge of Disney and just... Yeah, Pablo Hidalgo. Yeah. I, I, I imagine him sitting there with a with like a like a blueprint out of breath at the door, just like, I've got it, guys. We make a movie about the exhaust port. About the exhaust port. And they still don't even do that good of a job of explaining it in movie. And it's just like that one quick scene where Galen's like, yeah, I put, an, I put a thing in there, and if you explode it, it'll be great. <laughs> the whole thing will blow up. The whole, whole kit and caboodle. Which, like, now, yeah, if you blow up the reactor, it's probably going to explode. Like that seemed really obvious to me. <laughs> I don't know. I've I've never built a Death Star War. I, I'm not sure that I could. Well, you're no Galen Urso, clearly. Yeah, I, I, clearly not. I, I prefer farming. It's a simple life. I um uh, that this movie's pretty. Like it looks good. Oh yeah. Uh, um, I mean, aside from the uh, CG characters. Yeah. yeah. But like all just this, the one. All the set design in this you movie. Know, it, they did a really good job of making it look like the original trilogy. Like that whole scene where the shuttle's flying in over the whatever planet Galen lives on at the beginning. It, and he's standing there next to the weird giant bong thing that are on Tatooine, whatever that is. The the the, the, moist, the uh, moisture evaporators. Yeah, yeah, and and it's just like that looks like Star Wars. I was sitting there like, man, Star Wars. They they did a very good job of designing the sets in such a way that this movie looks very congruent with the original trilogy. Well, that's what I was. That's what I said. Yeah, but I'm saying it better. <laughs> oh, okay, I see. Well, Derek, Derek, oh, I understand. You've only got a, a just a little bit longer. Just a little bit, yeah, set. yeah. Um, I'd love to get some, like a, like maybe a grade. Does a grade sound good for this movie? Maybe some, where does it fall in the, how do you rank your nine Star Wars movies? And, uh, you could throw the Clone Wars in there if you want the 90 minute animated feature, but nobody does. No, I wouldn't. Uh, <laughs> um, and just, 
you know, a little bit of sign-off information for you. Who, who's Derek? How do we get in touch with you? Oh, that, sure, sure. Uh, all that jazz. Yeah, so so if I had to grade it, I'd say like B minus maybe. Like it's it's so close to being good. It's just not good. It is so close to being good. It feels like when they sat down, this is, tell me if you agree, they sat down to cut scenes out. It feels like they had three hours of movie. Yeah, and, and they they're cut, like... They cut the wrong 50 minutes out. <laughs> I agree. I right? agree. Yeah. Yep. Um, Could have just cut the whole scene with uh, Darth Vader on Mustafar. And they're like, well, we paid a lot of money for that. So we're going to keep it in. Okay. Yeah, hey, you know what? One, th- one quick thing that I want to talk about. Uh, you know what I could do without them making all of the things in Star Wars just a little bitty bit different so that they can sell more toys? <laughs> like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, like, yeah, mm, like the- we have AT-AT walkers, but what about AT-ACT walkers? Hmm? That's the, the those are the kind of walkers we have on Scarif. Yeah. Uh, it's frustrating. The ATSTs were the same, though. The ATST was the same. I thought that was really, really cool. Yeah. I, I was I actually mean, like... It's the same with the sequel trilogy, though, and they're like, yeah, oh, we use slightly different TIE fighters yep. now, and or even black in the, no, X-Wings. <laughs> even, in the, uh, the, the, yeah, even in the original trilogy, like from movie to movie, they're like, now we have s- s- scout troopers and snow troopers. Haha. Yeah, it's it's all been to sell. I'm convinced at this point it's just to sell different Lego sets. Yeah, it's just it's just for toys. The only well, it's, it's all for toys. The whole thing. Yep. Like they're like we're gonna make eight hundred million dollars on this movie just from the film itself, but we're gonna make like five billion dollars on these freaking toys. Yep. Right. It's like you sell the the Lego ATST for a hundred and forty dollars. Right. And it's literally just pieces of plastic that aren't even put together yet. Yeah, I say looking at the BB eight on my desk that's just glaring at me sadly. Yeah. Like a BB eight. It's just like hmm. Yeah, I have a Star Wars bathroom. <laughs> the whole bathroom? Yeah. <laughs> so I have a I have a Lego Captain America and Iron Man sitting in front of me. Oh, yeah. Somewhere. That sounds great. Somewhere there's a baby Groot. Uh, so anyway, t- to find me on the, the social medias, uh, it's uh, Declarations at Everything. It's D-K-L-A-R-A-T-I-O-N-S. It's the word Declarations with a D-K instead of a D-E-C. Um, and I'm uh, that way on just about everything. Just about pretty everything. Much, Fair pretty enough. much, yeah. So what's what's next yeah. for D-K? Uh, what's next for D-K? Yeah. I'm probably just making more stuff with the Super Carlin Brothers. I also have my own uh, vlog that I've been working on. Um, that's I, DK, youtube.com slash I, DK. The word comma written out. Fair enough. No, it's not. Is it really? Yeah. No, it's not. Oh. You always oh. do that. And then, Derek, Derek, if you were to give this movie like a breakfast food, like to compare it to, you know, your favorite meal in the morning, what would it, what would it be? Obviously not your favorite meal in the morning unless this is your all-time favorite movie. But, uh, you know, if, like, is this like coffee and cigarettes? What do we uh, for breakfast? I'm going to say that this is, uh, this is like pancakes for me. Because uh, it's good at first, but then it's just too much. It's kind of cakey. Yeah, eventually just sick of it. it fills you up. It did fill me up. I was like, mm, Star Wars. Cut my Star Wars. But at the same, but at the same time, I'm like, ugh, this is, I'm done. Right, they're all dead. Yep. <laughs> In an unsatisfying manner. Exactly. Exactly. Poor, <laughs> fair enough. Poor Chars. What? Well, anyway, Derek, <laughs> it's been such a pleasure having yeah, you Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. Appreciate it. Uh, you're welcome back whenever you'd like or... Whenever we need. Yeah, what are you going to do tomorrow? Uh, what? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we're, not, we're not recording tomorrow. Although, uh, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah. It means the world to us that you were able to, to come yeah, on of course. and I'll talk share your thoughts on all kinds of Star Wars. God, Star Wars is the best. Ah, it's pretty, pretty much is. is what, would, what would you say is like your favorite series of content? Like your favorite, like, I don't want to use the word fandom, but fandom. Um, okay. I would actually probably say, aside from Star Wars, is uh, the comic book saga. Which is 
Um, if I had to describe it, I would say that it is like Romeo and Juliet meets Game of Thrones set in the Star Wars universe. Uh, and it's one of my favorite things that has ever been written ever, and I love it. Fair Isn't that exactly how John Negroni explained his book? Uh, basically. Like, to a T. Really? Yeah, his, he, he no, wrote his, a book called he, Killjoy. His... I, I'm not familiar with it completely. Oh, he, but, like, if that's how he describes you know John, it. Though, I mean, right? Yeah, I know John. If that's how he described it, I'm interested. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, you should you should buy it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Derek. Sure, thanks. Um, and uh, yeah. All right. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, guys. I'll catch you later. All right. Bye. Bye, bye. bye Derek. So, out of the band of miscreants that we get here, the rebels, uh, who who would you say is your favorite and least favorite? Oh, jeepers! Like, if Holy out of jeepers. out of the main, like what six people, five people? So we'll call Kato as all yeah. person. Six people. Yeah, he's like a humanoid type thing. Um, let's see. Let me let me pull up a cast list real quick. I don't like. I I think I would get rid of the big. Um, what's his name? A uh, Baze. I'll get rid of Baze. Baze. Not, like I just Baze. Baze Malbus. I just don't care. I just like your character is so apathetic, but then you just kill a bunch of people, but then you're apathetic again. I just don't care at all. I'm just not interested. What about you? I would agree with that. I don't know. I really then, don't like Cassian. I don't know why. It just bothers me. Bothers me. It just me. bothers yeah. me, man. Who's your favorite? Uh, Probably Body. I like Body. I like K2SO and I like Jin. I don't know why I like Jin, but by the end of it, I was like, I'm team Jin now. Yeah, they really want you to like Jin. She's yeah. kind of a dick. Yeah, but, and she, but I like Jin. And she has that, that moment where she's just like, I'm going to steal Cassian's line. And it's like, rebellions are built on hope. Every time they said hope, I was like, oh my gosh, I get it. It ends with a new hope. I get it. I get it. I get it. Yeah. I get it ends it. with a new hope. <laughs> there it is. Oh, with the pudding pops and the new hope. With the pudding pops. <laughs> Oh man, <laughs> yeah, I would agree. So least favorite, yeah, I would say is I, I'd agree with you. I'd say it's Baze, and then my favorite would be yeah, probably Body. I just liked his character. I he he was the most believable for me. He had the like he had actual motives. Yeah, he was like yeah, I, he was like I don't like the Empire. They're real or not real? They're uh, evil, and um, and then he defected. And there's a lot of parallels to Finn with that character. I liked it a lot. Yeah, Finn F F N two eight or whatever. Krennic, I thought could have been the hero in this movie. I was ready for him to be the hero to like be so upset that Grand Moff Tarkin wants to take over the Death Star that he just becomes a rebel? Well, the, like, okay, so here's, just picture this as an ending. All of our heroes survive and are just fighting and she's up on the roof and she, like, okay, no, here's here it is. Okay, so he gets up there and he shoots her. Bing, bang, boom. Bing, bang, boom. Right, bing, bang, boom. She's dead, but she's already put the data thing in, but she's got a to push it back up through, okay? He shoots her, she's dead. Bing, bang, boom. Now, in the distance, he sees Death Star. And he knows why it's there. He knows what they're about to do. Right. So he has this moment where he's got his hand on the data card and he's like, I'm going to pull it out. And then he sees the Death Star. And he's like, those sons of I built that this. That would be very cool. I built this. This is my thing. And then he sends it up. That would have been cool. Why does Cassian not just shoot Krennic? He did. No, like on, on Edu. Oh, because... Uh, like he doesn't... I get that he doesn't shoot... Um, I get that he Galen. doesn't shoot Galen, Galen because he believes Jin. Why does he not just ice Krennic, like, right there? I don't think it would have solved anything. Yeah, but wouldn't you, though? Yeah. It wouldn't have hurt anything. But Cassian's already killed other rebels. Why isn't he just sniping as many Empire leaders as he That's can That's what find? I'm saying, though. It's like, it, that guy's standing there in a uniform, a white uniform, for starters. What? Why is he wearing white? But I don't get that. Anyway, he's standing there in an imperial uniform. Why would you not just boom, done? Interessante. I mean, am I wrong though? Like, what? Like, if you were, if you were Cassian, what's his motive there for not? 
doing that. No, I don't know. Yeah, that's. I don't know. I mean, I get the story has to progress, but the story could have progressed without Krennic. That's true. Like, yeah, he had to be there at the end, but he didn't have to be there at the end. You were not summoned here to grovel. But yeah, I just didn't. I didn't. I didn't get that. I didn't get why he would let Krennic live. I don't really get why he let Galen live. But Galen dies anyway. Yeah, but uh, he agreed. Still, that doesn't. I think. Yeah. I mean, if I'm the rebels and I'm like, oh my gosh, Krennic is on that platform. Like, oh god, Galen. That's the guy we were looking for. But not just Galen. Krennic's there too, right, guys. There's, there's classic guys. We should just bomb the crap out of this thing. Even throughout the Star Wars universe, there's examples of them taking this like two birds with one stone opportunity, and they're just. They're in this one, they're like, no birds. But, well, they do kill Galen. Uh, Galen yeah, Urso. I mean, they do. Galen the bear. Yeah. Is that his name? What? Urso? I mean, it's bear, right? No. Oso is bear. Or Ursus. Like, you are, not E-R. Oh, I thought it was you are. Nope. In my mind, it was you are. Nope. Nothing's spelled gotcha. like it's supposed to be in this movie, and this is an issue I have with the movie, is that it takes, uh, it has a lot of names that aren't exactly, like, easily understood. Oh my gosh, yeah, like Saul. It really sounded like they were saying Saul Guerrera. Saul, like S-A-U-L. S-A-U-L, like the Bible. Like a name. Yeah, not not, not like, like a tool. Now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which, not something used Guerrera to is the though. Spanish word for warrior. So he's the tool of the warriors, or is he a warrior tool? I guess, I don't know. It's spelled with a U, though, like G-U-E. Nothing is spelled correctly, Ethan. Nothing is spelled correctly in this movie you're correct all right well let's we can go ahead with with the wrap up then yeah let's do that okay so how what is our what is our villain here i guess i think our villain is tarkin, tarkin more than yeah. anything else well but in classic star villain, wars we've got like a grand villain and like a sub villain who does all the stuff right and our, our sub villain is krennic and that's the person you you talk about that's your darth maul that's your count duke right your your gear person your, your gear person. <laughs> <laughs> you learned his name earlier today <laughs> it's what Watt. Watt. Watt Tambor. The uh, gear, people. You, you know, you've got your, you know, your Django Fett with his, you know, his Korg thing going yeah. on. This is, <laughs> this is my son, Boba. He's made entirely of clones. <laughs> He's got knives for hands. What if Boba Fett had knives for hands? Do you think he would have been more successful? Probably not. Hands are important. Only, I mean, not when they're only carrying guns. Doesn't he get eaten by the... He probably could have chopped up that thing in the sand that eats him. Does he die, though? Yes. Does he? Yes. Does he? That's canon. Is it? it for is. now. <laughs> that was an unconvincing death to me. We'll get there in a couple movie two movies and like well three movies right but like two star wars movies it's empire right no is it jedi yeah dude i don't know what do you mean you don't know anakin has a green light or luke has a green light there are events in those movies that i mix up between the two movies what there are events there's ewoks not at the death of jango fett or boba fett boba he's introduced in empire strikes back han is just out of carbonite Okay, listen, chill out, buddy. He's like still blind or whatever. Okay, I, I didn't like that. Chill that whole, out. That whole Han can't see thing. What, what's that about? We'll get there Why in a couple movies. We'll get. We got to do. We don't forget, Ethan. We've got a two movie break before we return to Star Wars. I know. Where we're gonna That's... cover Monty Python and the Holy Grail and uh, Ready Player One, which I, I'm super anxious about. I have like like nervous poos about the Ready Player One. <laughs> about movie. whether it's gonna be good or not. Like, does this happen to you? Like, I have anxiety attacks when I'm driving, and I'm like, I have to stop. I have to take a deep breath. <laughs> no. Ready Player One might suck. No, I don't. I don't have those. Oh my god. It's gonna be like Ender's Game, where people are like, Ah, oh, Ender's Game. I love that book. And then other people are like oh i'm familiar with that book i heard it was really good and the movie was like oh my gosh this is so bad <laughs> yeah they need to redo ender's game did you read the book no i, I haven't read the book or seen the movie but we need an ender's game reboot so ender's game can be cool again people were all about some ender's game 
That is the one that was terrible, right? I think I'm so. I'm pretty sure that's yeah. it. And it's got Harrison Ford. Everything going for it. 51 meta score. Right. That's what I'm saying. Is we need a reboot so that like it doesn't get to be gatekept and it's not just nerd shit anymore. Yeah. 6.7 out of 10. What's its Rotten Tomatoes score? I bet it. I bet it's not as good. 61. Okay, so maybe it's not that bad. Uh, but that makes it like The Phantom Menace, which is unwatchable. Yeah, I was going to say, Rotten Tomatoes is generally pretty kind to sci-fi. I'm I'm a big fan of the old science fiance. Science fiance. <laughs> okay. Anyway, villain ranking. Where do we put where do we put Krennic? Do we like Krennic? We like He's, Krennic. I like Krennic. I like Krennic well enough. I th- I, I love Ben Mendelsohn. He's a genius. Um, I'd say genius. I, don't, I like. I'd say genius. It's a strong word. I mean, I, I think he did good. I'm looking forward to him as as. Uh, when I saw this movie, I actually thought to myself, I said that guy's Nolan Sorrento, and uh, lo and behold, I don't think you did. He is. I think I think I thought to myself. I think I saw the casting. They were like, we've cast Ben Mendelsohn, Simon Pegg, and a few other people in Ready Player One, and I was like, man, that Ben Mendelsohn dude better be playing uh, Nolan Sorrento. Lo and behold, it's is. not who I imagined. Really. Who'd you imagine? Aaron Eckert. Aaron Eckert? Really? Harvey Dent, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I kind of pictured the guy from All Your Base I Belong to Us. What? Um, but that, <laughs> he's not a person. Yeah, I kind of pictured Aaron Eckert. Do you, when you read a book, do you picture oh, people? Oh, I cast like a his... movie in my head every time. Do you really? Mm-hmm. I'm usually not that far off. Except Hunger Games. You Hunger Games. I didn't picture Woody Harrelson. I pictured more of like an Owen Wilson type. I I don't know. I didn't picture Woody Harrelson. I, I pictured that. like Gary Oldman. No, you know what I pictured? I didn't picture Woody Harrelson. I pictured, uh, it was close. They were really close to Woody Harrelson, but I pictured like, um, who's that Australian country singer? Keith Urban? Keith Urban. That's what I was picturing. Obviously, Keith Urban's not an actor, <laughs> so he wasn't going to do it, but... But that's what uh, I was Hunger Games was nothing like I thought it was going to be, like, either the sets or the people. It's the one I've been most wrong about. Well I, well, I think that's the one Hollywood's been most wrong about. I agree. The third one was the closest to what I pictured for the sets and everything. And the the mining colony, like District 11 or whichever one they're in, was close to how I pictured it. But the capital. Yeah, I, I got pictured, that one all like, wrong. Like, if you've ever played Final Fantasy 13, if you just look at the, like, the firework scenes in that game, that is what I, I pictured. I also just capital. missed the part where President Snow was, like, old. I pictured, do you remember the uh, Flash animations for the decline of gaming? Yeah. I pictured Capcom. <laughs> Capcom Snow. is kind of how, or no, not Capcom. Uh, Square Enix is kind of how I picture. Square Enix, that's Sorrento. what I'm thinking of. That's how I picture Sorrento. That's, that's what I was absolutely thinking how of. I pictured old Sorrento. Thank you for putting that in Square my Enix. mind. Square yeah. Enix, that is exactly what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our door games really suck that much. Like, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> what hooga? Absolutely. That is how I imagined old Sorrento reading the uh, the Ready Player One book. Because he's got like the shoulders. That's what yeah. I picture the like, shoulder things. But then he's got the shoulder. I'm curious if I can pull it up. Uh. Like a really menacing Chet you betcha. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, let's see. Movie r- Star Wars ranking of this movie. Star Wars ranking. I don't know, man. I can't. I cannot decide if I like this more or less than Attack of the Clones. But I think the reason is because I have a particular nostalgia for Attack of the Clones. I remember it coming out and my mom picking me up from a field trip when I was at the uh, Natural Bridge. And it was either the Natural Bridge or the the caverns that you go to on field trips in Virginia. You know what I'm talking about? Like Dixie Caverns? Dixie Caverns, yeah, where you get like, they're like, these are stalagmites and these are stalactites. Yeah. You remember that trip? And then you go into the gift shop and you can buy rocks in like little felt pouches. Yeah. Yeah, I remember my mom picked me up from that. And I drove to New York and I watched Attack of the Clones in the car. Like twice, like back to back. <laughs> nice. Like that's all I wanted to do. She had a little DVD player. Uh, I think it was Attack of the Clones, not Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, it was Attack of the Clones. Because I was in like elementary school. Okay, so uh, let me. Don't start the <laughs> Alexa. I will throw you uh. out the window. <laughs> 
I'm waiting for her to start like cackling at me, like it's apparently happening. It's, it is. Yeah. Happening. Well, I can't believe you. It's gonna. It's gonna like wake me up in the middle of the night, just like. <laughs> I'm, I'm literally gonna throw it out the window. It's gonna happen. I won't, because Alexa was not cheap. No, I know, but I'll go get it in the morning. I'll, <laughs> I'll retrieve the third floor broken pieces of Alexa. Okay, I said your name that time. That's forgivable. Yeah, sad beep away. <laughs> so Facebook let me let bad. me explain to you my issue with this movie. Okay, so I've I've okay. been I've been doing some research on on the Star Wars, just the the movies themselves, not like the lore behind them, but just the actual movies. And and, and by that I mean I'm like I'm I was reading the Wikipedia page, okay, and I just okay. I discovered that these movies all of these movies are listed as an american epic space opera sounds about right my thing with opera is the story is supposed to speak for itself you can get an opera even if you don't speak the language that it's in yeah that is not what this movie is well but hold on like, hold on deflator mouse is really easy to pick up but like El Trovatore. My experience with opera is that the story speaks for itself. You can, whether you're not, you can understand the language they're speaking in. You can get the story. You can figure out what's going on. You can, you, you get into the characters. How fun, how, how underestimating opera were you the first time you actually went to an opera? Oh, I thought it was going to be terrible. It was awesome. Oh though, yeah, right? absolutely. It is like the best. I just saw Deflated Mouse this year. They redid it. Did you and really? they did it again at CNU. Oh, I'm sure they did. It's like, the, that's the opera you do in yeah. college. Oh, it was great. It wasn't as great as I imagined the one I didn't go to freshman year was but uh, it was great anyway that is what you get from the original trilogy and the sequel trilogy is you get a story you can get behind whether you know the backstory of the characters or not whether you know what's going on or not you can pick up empire without having watched a new hope and care empire so good these movies the prequels and this movie did not do that for me. That well, this one's supposed to do that more than any of the others, right? Because this one is completely confined. All of them die. None of them matter before. None of right, them right. But you have after. to see eight other, like no, six other movies before you can understand this one. Disagreed. Oh, a hundred percent. And you still don't understand this one because the Kyber crystals aren't explained. None of the characters except Jin are explained. Jin barely explained. Why do we care about the Jedi? What is Jedi? What are all these planets? Who, like, wh who, where did the Death Star come from? Who is Grand Moff Tarkin? Do you think a casual, f I actually hear what you're saying, that everything is pandering. Like, it's, like, the whole story is. I hear you there. And I, you're making the point, and I'll agree with you. I've been swayed. But that is what, it my question is, I think a, a casual fan would, and there's just one thing you mentioned that I want to bring okay. up, because I didn't get it until we talked about it tonight. Okay. I think a casual viewer of this movie who knows like a person who's like aware of pop culture would watch this movie and be like, huh, Jedi, that sounds like Jedi. Does that have to do with the Jedi? I didn't get that immediately. I was like, Jedi, that's just another planet. That's just another split. I, I just want to point this out. I don't think this I, has any I did on think anything. immediately like, oh, that's got to have something to do with the Jedi. I did not. I was like, that's just the planet. I thought, well, Bonnie, that must have it. But like, okay, so let me let me finish this thought real quick because this is like coming yeah, to ahead. me from this semi-inspired place and I kind of just figured out why people like Star Wars. Okay. The, the original trilogy of Star Wars, I think was groundbreaking in a way that I can't possibly understand because I grew up in an era where like sci-fi was okay and acceptable and like there had already been Star Wars. But like we, right. read, we read that article earlier today about like the, the gatekeeping mentality of, you know, a certain subset of, you know, perceived to be geeky fans of sci-fi who kind of try to keep everybody else out and kind of keep the thing you know this this contained organism but star wars was never like that like it wasn't star trek it wasn't something you had to be an uber nerd to get into it's like star wars is for everyone star wars is low grade science fiction like there is nothing particularly complicated about the stories you don't need to understand the mechanics of the space travel or anything like that you can just enjoy the story and that is what it, it, it and that's why i like the term space opera is because like it was something that was available to the mass like whether you had money or not you could go to the opera like you could still see mozart 
conduct operas in Vienna. Like, whether you were poor and you sat in the back or whether you had, you know, money and you sat in the boxes. And it's like, that's what Star Wars did for sci-fi in a way that I take for granted because of the time I was born in. And so it's like, these movies don't serve that purpose to me. All they do is is pander, like it said, to the nostalgia of what Star Wars created. And that's the problem I have with the prequels. It's a problem I think a lot of people have with the prequels. And to another extent, this movie is because, like, this came out after The Last Jet, or after The Force Awakens, in which we discovered that we can continue to write the story, but all they did was go back and try to fill in gaps that nobody was asking for. I think people wanted this. I think people wanted this story. Maybe. I don't know. I didn't care. Like, they once I figured out what Rogue One was about, I just didn't, like, I found it hard to give a sh Obviously, I went to go see it because it was Star Wars, but, like... Right, Star Wars, duh. But, like, I just didn't care. I was like, what do you mean it takes place between... Like, there's not nothing took place between the two movies. It's like, the world fell apart between the two movies. Right. The, the collapse of any remnants of the Republic falls apart between, between these films. That's what happened. Any remnants of the Republic had already collapsed by the time this movie starts is the thing. It's like, I would I would love to see a movie about the war, but this is the end of the war. No, this is still, this is like the turning point in the war. Well, no, yes. This is Antietam, man. Yeah, well, like, so this, this is... is where we get the, it's before, I, I don't know, it's almost like the end of the first. Because the Republic was kind of down at heel when Luke came into the picture. Right. Like, the Republic at this point had been beaten. They were ready to give up completely, and that's why Jin had to go rally her own troops. And then they have a new hope. Because rebellions right, are Right, so it's almost like the end of the first Star War and the start of the second Star War. Well, the first Star War was against the droids and the clones. Well, I think the first Star War probably happened in, like, the Old Republic. But yeah. back when there was, like, an army. And it wasn't disposable. Yeah, but, no, it's just, for me, these movies especially this one, don't accomplish the... And I get that it's a Star Wars story. It's not one of the main, you know, series of movies, not one of the Gospels, so to speak. But it's like, it doesn't accomplish the purpose of a Star Wars movie to me. I don't know, man. I still I still love it. I like, here's... Okay, so just to get back to our ranking problem here. I still loved it. I could still watch it. It was still quintessentially Star Wars. Like, you're not watching it like this is any other story. This is for Star Wars fans. Like, this is for me. Right. Because I'm a Star Wars fan. Right. So, as far as rankings go, to me, that puts it not at the bottom. Correct. Because Correct. there is a film that is... Like, that's Well, it's Star a lot Wars. more watchable than either. It's a lot more watchable than The Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones, but the story is so abhorrent to me. This, the, just the idea that the story exists in the first place and the fact that it is so pandering makes it almost worse than an original idea, which is Attack of the Clones. I loved Attack of the Clones. But that, again, Attack of the Clones me. sucked. It's not dead. It's pretty bad, dude. Once, once even, even Revenge of the Sith made it look like a terrible movie because Revenge of the Sith is barely like a regular movie that you can watch and enjoy the story. And it's like Revenge of the Sith still made Attack of the Clones look bad. And this makes Attack you know of the crazy? Clones look bad. You know what's crazy is, um, I don't want to use this movie because I know you love it, and I do too, but as an example... If I'm, when I go to my in-law's house, they always watch those channels on TV that just play movies, like FX and TBS yeah. and stuff like that. And I feel like like a movie like National Treasure is like unbelievably watchable. Right. You can just sit down and you're like, oh my gosh, Riley, he's so funny. Nick Cage, I got the Declaration of Independence. That's so high stakes, but it was like shockingly easy to steal. Um, and like, like, it's so incredibly watchable. And I found myself when I got to the halfway point in this movie being like, I need to take a break. Yeah. This is hard. I don't think that's a fair comparison. Well, no, it's not. It's not. But I'm just saying that like, there's those light, fluffy, easy to watch watchable movies and this isn't one of them and that's i don't know where i'm going with this point i thought i was going to say that and you were going to piggyback off of it with an excellent point and you and you didn't you just told me it didn't apply no i didn't tell and, you it didn't uh, apply it's just like i don't i don't know what point you're trying to make i guess i guess the point i'm trying to make is to me revenge of the sith and attack of the clones are watchable 
There's some cringy parts in Attack of the Clones that I'm like, what in the world were they thinking? Why is there a droid army? What is droid? What is what is Gear Person doing in this movie? Like, or not droid army? Why is there this droid factory thing? But it's otherwise really watchable. It's got fun action sequences. It's interesting. It's like two disposable armies, so you don't really care about the stakes. But then there at the end, there's the big battle where the Jedi start dying, and now it like it matters. Uh, okay, so I and this movie this movie's so heavy. It's I actually, so actually kind of disagree with that a little bit. I'm not I'm not by any means saying it doesn't apply. I get what you're saying now 100%. I kind of disagree with that. I think that those movies, the prequels, try to give the impression that, that they are high-stakes movies. And for that reason, I did not find them particularly watchable. It's like I wanted to take a break through the middle of them because I wasn't compelled. I was stressed out by the conflict, but I wasn't compelled by the story. It's like... It, I was in Revenge of the Sith. I was. I did not want to get up watching. Revenge like National Treasure is a whole different beast in that, like you're not necessarily compa- compelled by the story, but it also doesn't push you enough one direction to draw you off of it. Yeah, you're like, ooh, Sean Bean. Right. It's just him. like, ooh, 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 what's what's going on now? And 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 none of the movies <laughs> that that we review in these like big epic sci-fi Marvel Star Wars kind of things, space right, operas, right, are gonna be movies like that. They're not gonna be. They're not designed to be movies like that. They're designed to be air quote epic ant-man was kind of like that yeah ant-man was you're you're entirely correct and and that's why it kind of felt like a weird outlier to the series it's like a little bite-sized right. marvel film that was the whole point though that's right. why it was the way it was and and so like but to me the, the 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 stories in these in these early movies early air quotes again chronologically early weren't compelling enough for me to sit down and be like oh man what is going to happen next do you think Star Wars could make a movie as fun and watchable, like, as fun and watchable as no. National Treasure? No. That's what I'm asking. Absolutely not. You don't think there could be a Star Wars story that was just like, this was a great time? Mm, the characters don't lend themselves to that at all. The story doesn't lend itself to that. It would take, maybe, maybe you'd have to, but you'd have to pull it out of some different part of the Star Wars history. Yeah. Like, this galactic conflict. Right, like, nothing, is- nothing from the time of when the Trade Federation attacked Naboo up until the death of Supreme leader snoke nothing in that time frame like the world is just too stressful at that point it's been what it's been like what 70 years of just straight conflict or some something like that what a freaking downer that like luke kills palpatine yeah like the next day the first order is like nope we're doing our thing now we're the first order we're gonna be the tyrants of the of the uh Former empire, right? Because well, they didn't, they didn't finish the job. Oh, God. The rebels got complacent there at the end. A little Kylo Ben, yeah. But Team Raylo till I die. Um, but no, I don't think Star Wars can make a movie like that. At least not in this particular time frame. But I also don't, I don't think that's the goal. It's like they're not, and it's the same thing. You can say the same thing about like the Lord of the Rings movies. But whereas I'm not compelled to to watch Return of the or Revenge of the Sith all the way through, it's like I can sit through the two towers and I get up at the end of it. I'm like, it's been three hours. Like two towers. All those movies are hard to watch. Nah, Ah, that's that's a movie that the story is compelling. Maybe not the first one. There's a lot of meandering in the first one. The stories are compelling enough that it drags you through that movie without you really realizing what's going on. It's like you get to the end of The Dark Knight, and it's been a two and a half hour movie that had two completely separate climaxes, and you're like, it's over? Oh, I disagree. Dark Knight, I remember looking at my watch. I, I specifically remember being in the theater for Dark Knight and looking at my watch and being like, this is still going on. I don't know. By the time they get to the by the time they get to the boat scene, I'm like, this is a long movie. I don't know. I disagree with that long entirely. Movie. Um, I mean, but that's entirely possible that we're just compelled by different things uh batman begins i can watch all the way through right it's like none of the prequels i, I didn't watch one of the prequels or this movie in in one burst i didn't either i watched the, I, I broke them all yeah. up it's like I, about an hour and 15 minutes all of them i was into all of them i was like 
Uh, when do I have to record this? I'm gonna go do something else for a little bit. I actually, the last hour of this movie took me about three hours to watch. Yeah, it's, they're, they're tough, and I don't think it's gonna, and maybe I'll be wrong. You know, I'm saying this down now. Maybe it'll be different with, I think it'll be different with A New Hope. You pop it in, and I like, think I, I will sit movie. down and watch Everything A New Hope. I think that, like, in my mind, I'll get excited and block time out to go watch A New Hope. Here's my thing. Okay, so, no matter where we put it, it's, it's in there with Attack of the Clones. I it's think. low. It's, it's not better than Revenge of the Sith. But it is, like, if, if Phantom Menace is a 1 out of 10, then the next closest Star Wars movie to it is, like, a 5. Do you know what I'm saying? Like... So you're saying, like, the best one is a 10, Phantom Menace is a 1. Well, I'm saying that the Phantom Menace is so much worse than the next worst Star Wars movie. Yeah. Like, if, if we say that the next... Like, if we say that this comes up just above the Phantom Menace, it is way no, it, better it, it than is the not Phantom just Menace. above the Phantom Menace. To me, it is just below Attack of the Clones. Or just above. Uh, yeah. Either way, it's right around, it's around there. Where did we put Revenge of the Sith? It's not better than Return of the Jedi. Or, uh, The Last Jedi, is what we said. It's currently- Okay, but I mean, like, overall. <laughs> that's what I'm thinking. Anyway, so I think, I, I think it's a little bit worse than Attack of the Clones. I'm so surprised to hear you saying that. Because now that I'm thinking about it, and I'm the, the great Attack of the Flown, Attack of the Clones apologist, I think it's better than Attack of the Clones. I don't. Okay, so- Well, I'll go so, with your well, So, let, let me- I mean, bacon and eggs has to be bold. We have let me to lay it out put here. our foot okay, down. Let me, let me say something- a hundred percent certain. This is not an eighty-five or an eighty-seven. Correct. This is Rotten Tomatoes. What? This is not an eighty-seven. It's just yeah, no, it's not. It's just not. It's I'm sorry. It's just not. Maybe they're just looking at it objectively outside of Star Wars, but I don't get it. It's not an eighty-five. That's what's its average rating? That's my curious. Like on IMDb or? No, on on uh, below the. Oh, I don't know. I didn't um, see that part. I didn't look at that part. Rogue One, of course. But I'm saying uh. I'm saying it's. So here's. We can put it above Attack of the Clones, but here's here's how it lays out for me, okay? And, and I'm thinking okay. about, I, I know I'm thinking about it in terms of the next category, which is our all-time rating, but it's it's not better than Thor. So okay. Thor's, it, Thor's right there. above Attack of the Clones, okay? So it's not okay. better than Thor, but I think it is better than Back to the Future 2. So according to, okay. You hear what I'm saying? Yeah, Back to the Future 2 is, yeah, I do. do but do you, do you? Can I, can I, I do, okay. I do agree with you. Can I tell you, can I say something about Back to the Future yeah. Part 2? As it ages with me, I like it more. Like, I remember watching it being like, this is hard no, to watch. No, it's not aging with you. We're taking a bold stance on Attack of the Future 2. Or Back to the Future 2. Attack of the Future 2. We're taking a bold stance on that. We're keeping it low. We got to shake things up a little bit. So, okay. But I, I do, do you think it is better? Do you think Rogue One is better than... Do you agree with me? That it's worse than Thor, but better than Back to the Future 2? Yeah. Okay. So that, that puts... I think it's very similar to Back to the Future 2, Then, actually. Then it goes below Attack of the Clones, because that, okay. that is the movie currently in between Back to the Future 2 and Thor. So if you're saying it's similar to Back to the Future 2, then let's throw it below Attack of the Clones. Okay, here's, here's again, I just want to reiterate this point in that it is so much better than The Phantom Menace. So much better. Right, yeah. No, I'm with that. But that doesn't make it, but that doesn't make, like, but there is a huge gap between right. that. There's a huge gap between The Phantom Menace and The Incredible Hulk. Yeah, Phantom The Incredible Menace Hulk sucks. is a much better movie than The Phantom Menace. We just need to re we need to review some bad movies here. We can do that. We can do National Treasure. That movie's garbage. Yeah, but I love it. I know. Okay, so, so we'll throw it in at uh, 19. 20. 20. 20. Yeah, because okay. Attack of the Clones is currently 19. I can work with all okay. of this. Cool. Breakfast food. I like the I pancakes thing. It's just like there's a little bit too much of it. You can't quite finish it. It's a little dry. And it's a little soapy. Not soapy, but like syrup and like the in the way you don't yeah. want it to be yeah i agree with that one good work derek Thank thanks you. for coming on the show all right so thanks for listening to our episode with uh derek knabenbauer
Uh, it was a lot of fun having him on there. Again, he's at Declarations on pretty much everything. We'll have links in the doobly-doo to his stuff. And I am at Wow Now, but the O's are zeros. He's at AmeriCarlin's America, R-L-I-N, on Twitter and Instagram. You can reach both of us at BaconAndEggs23 on Twitter if you want to twit at us. You can also reach us at BaconAndEggs.com. Er, sorry, no. You can also reach us at Patreon.com slash BaconAndEggs if you want to help us keep the show running and check out some of our award tiers over there, as well as you can join our super secret, super awesome Facebook group, which, which is, free. is free. And there is a link below for the Facebook group because it's some god-awful URL that there's no way to just like have a nice join link turns out yeah um, we're having a lot of fun slash. over there in that in that group i love that group i do too it makes me so happy sometimes it'll be like dead for a few hours and then i'm like and then everybody posts all the time and it's great it's so fun yep. it's so fun anyway so go ahead and join that our artwork here for the show is by vaishan brandon and you can find him in the facebook group he's the handsome african-american yep. man and i think that's it did i miss anything i don't think so fair enough okay and again thank you guys for listening until next week arrivederci a rebellion is built on hope. You need to learn how to f***ing punctuate. Don't be excessive. Don't be like, and then this f***ing f***ing ass motherfucking K2SO punk <laughs>